0: Hi, welcome to the Refuge House broadcast. We are so glad that you decided to join us today. Here at the Refuge House, we help people discover their God-given uniqueness through the teaching of God's Word so that they can be empowered to make a difference and impact the world for Christ. So here's what you need to do. We need you to grab your Bible, your notebook, your pens, and then get ready for a powerful message and see what God is going to do. I believe there are people in your life that probably need this message. So go ahead and share this to them and invite them to be a part of what God is doing today. Thank you and enjoy this week's message. The
1: lost of the flesh. I want to add one interpretation of the word lost. Another word for lost is expectation. Desires are expectations. So let's read it this way. This I say then, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the expectation of the flesh. So the lust of the flesh at the expectation of the flesh. See, amen. Verse 17. For the flesh expectation is against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are what? Contrary the one to the other so you cannot do the things that you would do. Alright? Verse uh, 18. But if you be led of the spirit glory be to God you are not under the law. Yeah. Verse 19. Now the Bible tells us these are the works of the flesh. Or these are the, the, the workings or the revealings or the manifestations of the expectations of the flesh. Are you ready for this? He says, which are these? What are the first category? Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness. They are under sexual word immorality. The first assault of the flesh against man is sexual immorality. The enemy wants men to be sexually immoral. Because sexual immoral attacks the sense of intimacy. It thinks man can give you intimacy. That's why if you look at most of the you hear most of the songs that is sung by secular people, they try to make carnal kind of love like the premium of love. When I see her, my heart began to dance, started doing me tinini. no woman can replace God in your life. Do you understand that? Yeah. Those who, who sleep around, they, they think it, it, initially when they start, it's like it's fun, but it's not fun. There are spiritual implications to that. Satan wants to pollute you. You think by sleeping with somebody you'll be close to the person. It's a lie. You will not be close. All right, so Satan wants to attack people on that, so you need to be mindful of that. But praise God, say, I walk in the spirit. When you walk in the spirit, you will not fulfill the expectation of the flesh in that area then the second category is what idolatry which has to do with image um then the third is what witchcraft witchcraft has to do with mind manipulation and what in control and we said that satan is interested in the minds of men second corinthians 4 3 4 says paul says if the message of the gospel is hidden is hidden from those who are lost and it goes further to tell us those who are lost, in verse 4. He said, those in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them that do not believe. Satan understands the assets of the mind. He understands that the belief system of the man is determined by what his mind agrees or accepts with. So he's interested in influencing the way men think. And also, the Bible has also stated it very clearly that if you're going to prosper, as you should, Third John 2 says, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in it, even as what? Your soul prospers. Your soul is your mind, your will, and what? Your emotion. All right. So this, the, the, the thing I, I observed while studying this, that the target of the works of the flesh is to attack the soul of man. To attack the soul. To, to attack the mind of man. To attack the emotions of man. And to attack the... Uh, the body of man, where behaviors are revealed. Man is a triumphant, man is a spirit being. You are not a natural man, you are a natural being. Though you have a physical body, the creator who made you is called the father of spirit. And since we were made in his image and after his likeness, we are spiritual by design, by nature, and by source. But because God wanted man to uh, operate in the earth, he gave man an earth suit, created from this realm. It's called the body. And when he placed the spirit of man, when he breathed into man, he took man from himself and put it inside the clay body and the clay body came alive. And the soul also came alive. Say amen. So man became a living soul. Became a spirit with a soul and a body. So no, the real you, is a spirit being. And that real you doesn't die. It's as eternal as God. But you have a physical body which is you. Now, before you got born again, what the devil did was he made Adam sinned and the spirit of man died. And because of that death, Satan began to educate the soul of man and the body of man against God. Began to poison the soul of man with rebellion and disobedience. And that's where the works of the flesh came out from. The goal of the works of the flesh is to sow the seed of rebellion and disobedience in the soul of man, in the mind of man, in the will of man, in the emotions of man, in the choices of man. But praise God, when you're born again, you're born of the Spirit. Say, I'm born of the Spirit. Or say, say, I am born of the Spirit. The Bible says, he that is joined to the Lord is one Spirit. Glory be to God, and, and, and because you're born of the Spirit, you are now in the Spirit. And I've told you, the Spirit to be in the Spirit is to be in Christ. Is that not true? Uh, Ephesians 1.3 says, "Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with what all spiritual blessings, where in the heavenly places. Where is it in Christ? So, so may say, to be in the Spirit is to be in Christ. To be is to be in Christ. Say that again. To be is to be in Christ. Are you in Christ? then you are in the spirit. If any man be in Christ, what is he? Is a new creature. You are a new creature. Even though you function in the earth, you are in the spirit because you've been raised and made to sit together with Christ. Where? In the heavenly place. What is the heavenly place? the spirit realm. And that's where you are. Praise the name of the Lord. So we operate from the spirit down to the natural realm. Glory be to God. Say amen. Say I'm in the spirit. So what the enemy tries to do is to get men to lose consciousness of their realm. So he attacks you by trying to get you to be kinder. The works of the flesh are designed to take your mind off your realm, your zone. The spirit realm is our realm, it's our element, it's our advantage. That's where our power is. That's where we operate from. And you must be conscious of that. The reason we're given the word of God and the Holy Spirit is to teach us how to engage the spiritual realm over the natural realm. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's why you have the word of God. That's why you have the Holy Spirit. Because you are a spirit being. Glory be to God. All your resources are in the Spirit. Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with what? All spiritual blessings. Spiritual blessings where? In the heavenly places. But now we have the word of God and the Holy Ghost to teach us how to engage this spiritual asiness and advantage that we have. That's why you come to church. That's why you're taught the word. That's why you learn. Praise the name of the Lord. All right. Without wasting time, we're in the fourth category, which is called what? Offense. And this is very subtle. Offense. The fourth category of the works of the flesh that the enemy will use as an assault against you is offense. It's one of the most effective weapons used because there are many who have lost their flow with God and has lost their... um, the, the opportunity to experience God at a much higher level because of offense. Now, I, I've, I've said this. Let me just go through that. We said, what is offense? We, we established that last Sunday. We said offense is any person. So offense can come from a person. Offense is any person or thing. When I use the word thing, it could be situation, circumstance. It could just be you heard that petrol. there is petrol scarcity. Offense can come from that one. So offense can come from situation. It can come from circumstances. It can also come from people. Okay? And when I mean by people, friends, enemies, husband, wife, children, anywhere. Is that clear? All right. So offense is any person or thing by which one is entrapped and thrown into error or sin. Offense is any person or thing by which one is entrapped and drawn into error or sin. Anyone or anything can become a point of offense or instrument of offense. Now, I said offense is an opportunity for entrapment. When the enemy wants to put a stumbling block, he will set you up with offense. And you need to know how to deal with that. Go to Matthew 18:7. Jesus said this very clearly. Matthew 18:7 18, verse 7. He said, Woe unto the world because of offenses. This is one of the fallout of Adam's transgression. God came from the law of sin and death. Offense is one of them. The works of the flesh are a product of the law of sin and death that came as a result of Adam's transgression against God. Alright? So we're dealing with it. These are part of the tribulation Jesus said we're going to be dealing with. But praise God, He has overcome them for us in Jesus' name. Yeah. So if He overcame them, we too can overcome it. hallelujah all right so he says "Woe unto the world because of offenses for it must need be that offenses will come it will come offenses will come for the following reason number one because there is a devil are you hearing what i'm saying offenses will come because of what there is a devil and number two there are demons number three sin is a part of the realities you and I deal. Even though we've been redeemed from sin, we're still dealing with a sinful world. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing me? The Bible says we have redemption through Christ, but we're still dealing with a sinful world. We are no longer in sin because he who knew no sin became sin for us that we might be made what the righteousness of God. Now, even though we are the righteousness of God and we have redemption through the blood of Jesus from sin, and the Bible says sin should not have dominion over us, we are still dealing with a sinful world made up of sinful people. Is that clear? And another reason why offenses come, will come is because nobody is flawless. We make mistakes. Is that not true? Yes, is there anybody here that don't make mistakes? Can, can, if, you, if you are that, please, I'd like to come and find out how you do it. Is there anybody that doesn't make mistakes? So offense can come from human weakness, mistakes. The mistakes could be unintentional, because some mistakes are unintentional. Then there are some stupid mistakes. That you make. You're not supposed to do some things. You go and do them, and, and the result is very bad. So, offenses come from all these different reasons. These are frailties that were introduced to creation after Adam sinned. Praise God, Jesus has come to redeem the man. But not everybody is born again. Not everybody has accepted his finished work. So Satan still has some interactions in the hearts of people who are not saved. Jesus told the Jewish people when they were arguing their legacy in Abraham. He says, Jesus, let me tell you what the real deal is here. You are of your father, the devil. <laughs> and the lust of your father, you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and aborted not in the truth. And he doesn't speak true because there's no truth in him. For he's a liar and a father, of lies to what jesus was telling them anyone born of a woman that is not yet born again satan is legally in the spirit your father it is not an insult it's a fact is that clear are you hearing me so you can be the ceo of a multi-billion company and you're not born again satan is your father it's as simple as that that's why we preach the gospel so that people can understand the spiritual implication of what Adam did and how it affects humanity. Once you're born again, you are redeemed from the clutches of sin, and you're placed into the kingdom of God, and you become the righteousness of God. However, we are still dealing with a sinful world because we're here to preach the gospel, live for Jesus, and to see life change. Say amen. amen. All right. So he says, "But woe to that member whom offences will come." Then I said another thing again. I said, "Being offended." This is one of the strategies of offense. Being offended makes one canna and exposed to satanic manipulation and control. When you become offended, you stop walking by the Spirit. Yes, you are in the Spirit, but you stop walking by the Spirit. And when you stop walking by the Spirit, you stop walking by your advantages in Christ. And Satan understands that very well. That's part of your offenses is interested in is your soul. Your soul is your mind, your will, and what your emotion. How you think, how you choose, how you function. He's interested in that. Because once you become offended, brothers and sisters, you become carnal. And once you're carnal, now Satan is afraid of you. What did I say? They are so Christian. that don't know that. Satan is af- you know why he's afraid of you. Because of who you are in court. Did you hear what I said? Let me rewind it again. I said Satan is afraid of you. Some of you are not used to hearing things like that. You know the reason? Because you're not taught properly. Seven sons from a man known Stephen decided to go and cast out a devil from a madman. Because they saw Paul cast out devils. They didn't even start with a small case. They went for a madman. And these guys they were not born again. Their father was a priest. So, you know, the father was influential in the society and they were running and riding on the father's name. But they thought they could do Boma when it comes to spiritual things. So then I said, guys, let's go and try this thing. See this police doing. We feed one. Who do who not the fear us for this land? Nobody know how we'll be We'll be terror for this place. Okay. Let's also go and terrorize demons ah so they now came they left their level and came to another level they forgot that it was the devil that was using them on that level so they now said you know what we'll do let's look for a madman so they now found one madman that they all know in the area there they came around him and i said okay in the name of jesus that poor priest come out the demon just spoke through the madman looked at them he said jesus i know When he says, I know, it means I'm afraid of him. How do I know? When Jesus appeared and and those who were possessed came around him, what did they say? Have you come to torment us? Is that not true? Yeah, so Jesus was a demon tormentor. He is Lord, and they know him. He's light. And demons cannot stand his presence. Now, but when you are in Christ as he is, so are you. So that means if your Lord is a demon tormented, if you are born of him, what are you? You're also a demon tormentor so he said jesus i know so he can cast me out Paul, that you mentioned his name i also know him you know why i know him because paul is in christ i fear his lord i fear his master i also fear him he said but who are you because in the spirit realm is authority that speaks So I want to know by which authority are you telling me to leave this madman that has made his life miserable for 20 years? To tell me to leave my own place here. Tell me. Who? uh, He waited for an answer. When they did not reply, because they didn't know what to say, the demon energized the madman, gave him demonic strength, and the man beat seven men the Bible said they kind of beaten, they ran away naked. They 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 saw, I'm sure their their reign as a local terrorist must have ended that day. Beat them and they ran wild and took off. Now, do you know you are a demon tormentor? Some of you seem really like you are looking at me, what's pastor talking about. I'm not telling you what I think, I'm telling you what the Bible says. Do you know you are a demon tormentor? What did you say? Say amen. Yes. If God's word said it, then you better believe it. Because we have too many Christians who are afraid of the devil. They're afraid of the devil because they're ignorant. They don't know. Luke 10, 19 says, Behold, I give unto you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the powers of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm you. That's what the word says so when, when you get offended you become kana kana means you start walking by the senses you start walking by human understanding human wisdom human way of doing things instead of divine way of doing things which is the word of god and you become exposed to satanic manipulation in first um, corinthians 3 verse 1 to 3 paul said to the church he said brethren I could not speak to you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, but even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with meat and not with meat. For hitherto you were not able to bear, neither yet now are you able. Verse 3. For you are not carnal. For whereas there is among you envy, strife, Paul told your canna, You're thinking like men. Look at what he says. Envy, strife, and division. Are you not canna and walk as men? So when people are... Uh, experiencing envy strife and division they are not working like gods they are working like men it is man or men to be offended but you are not men you are a god type you hear what i said you know there's this statement we all say, say we're all human beings that's not technically correct we're not all human beings we are divine beings See, the day you got born again, you were were more than a human being. You have a human side, but you also have a divine side. Did you hear what I said? Look at the neighbor say, you have a divine side. Have you not read your Bible? He said, whosoever is what? Born of God. Born of God. Is that not true? The seed of God is where? It's in him. That seed of God is the life of God inside of you. Your born again spirit is born of God. So you are like him. For as he is, so are you. That's why you are called son of God. Hello? Hello? You know why you're a son of God? Because you are born again and born in Christ or you've been fabricated from Christ. So you possess his nature. You possess his life. You must be conscious of who you are or the animal will just be playing games with you. Situations will be playing games with you because you don't know who you are. People who complain are people who are ignorant of who they are. You need to practice it. Practice. Everybody say practice it. One of the challenges some of us have is consistency, consistency in practicing our belief system. I am a Son of God. The greater one lives on the inside of me. That's why we confess the word of God every day, to maintain the consciousness of our source, our identity, our advantage and what we can command. See, I hear you. Come on, see, I hear you. All right, so um, when we are walking strife, James 3:14 to16 also says it that if you have bitter envy and strife in your heart, glory not and lie not against the truth, this wisdom descended not from above. And that's your name. You are from above. He that is born of God is born from where? Above. And if you are from above, you are above all. But it's earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envy and strife, if there is confusion and every demonic works or evil works, Because when you are offended, you are are playing the natural game. And you walk as men. You think like men. All right. Now, write this down. What is the target of offense? Why does the devil want us to be offended? Very simple. The the target of offense is to attack a reality in, in our life that came into being when we got born again. See, when you got born again, you became a possessor of God's life. Say, I have eternal life. John, I didn't hear everybody. Come on. I have life. Everybody. I have life. Everybody. I have life. You need to be very bold and audacious with saying who you are if you believe it, except you don't believe it. All right. You you became a possessor of eternal life, God life. The God said the God life. God life. Say the God life. God life. Say it again. Say I have the God life. I have the God life. Say it again. I have the God life. Say it again. I have the God life. Say it again. Say, I possess the God life. The Glory be to God. Now, the way the God life lives is called love. What is it? Love. That's why the Bible says God is his love. The way the God life lives or behave is called love. God is love. God, God does, it's not that God has love. Mm-mm. God is love. So another name for God is what? Love. So when you got born again, Romans 5.5 5 says that the love of God has been poured or shed abroad in your heart. So you got born again, the new born again spirit you have, one of the character traits you possess is the love of God. That's what the Bible says in 2 Timothy 1.7. God has not given what? That word "fear" is actually what timidity. You know what timidity is? Timidity means to be to behave like somebody that is frightened, scared, afraid. That's what timidity. That fear there in the Greek means "to be timid, to be afraid. Have you ever seen where they were threatening someone who can't do anything, and the person is almost shaking and peeing on his pants or something, and the and, and person is looking off fright. Have you seen a frightened person before? Have you? Yeah, if somebody is frightened, and, 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 he, and once you're frightened, the person looks paralyzed. He can't do anything. He can't say anything. Whatever they see at that moment, he will agree with it because he's frightened. And when someone is frightened, he or she believes that he does not have an advantage or he doesn't have a say, he doesn't have a stand. So they can bully them. But, but when you know who you are, nobody can intimidate you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And that's what God says. God says, I want you to understand that the day you got born again, I gave you a boldness that Satan cannot intimidate you anymore. The works of darkness cannot intimidate you anymore. That's why God says, I have not given you the spirit of a coward. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When you're born again, the life of God in you is God's very life. You do not have the spirit of a coward. I'm not a coward power doesn't fit God. He says, I have not given you the spirit of fear. He said, but I've given the spirit of what? Power, love, and what? A sound mind. You're made of the spirit of love, power, and what? A sound mind. So say, love is part of my nature. But this love is not human love. It's divine love. See, there are two kinds of love. You have human love and there's divine love. Human love is natural love. Natural love. But the day you got born again, you were born into another kind of love. This love is a God love, it's a divine love. It's a love that commands all the peace and the resources, the joy of God through your life. Say amen. Yes. And the devil knows that very well. So the goal of offense is to attack your love life by seeking to stir up, listen to this, antichrist reasoning. Emotions and behavior. Everything you're going to see under the offense, there are three areas it's going to strike, and that's the soul of a man. Your soul is made up of three parts your mind. Say, I have a mind, I have a will, and I have an emotion. Your mind is your, the part of your soul that God has given the ability to think. It has practically three functions it can imagine, it can contemplate, and it can store memories. Is that not so? That's why through your mind you can remember. You can remember with your mind. You can also imagine, and you can also contemplate or think. That's the power of your mind. But you also have another part of your so called your will. Your will is the ability to choose. God gave that to everybody. It's a gift God gave to everybody. God gave one of the characteristic traits of being made in the image of God, and after the likeness of God, is the power to choose. And God made man a free moral agent. God could have made everybody like a robot, but there would not have been any fellowship. Good one. But God gave you an eye will. He understood the risk of giving man a will, yet in his love, because he wanted man to be like him, he gave man a will. Say I have a will. will. Say "I I have a will. You have a choice. Glory be to God. You have what? A choice. Say that. Say I have a choice. I didn't hear you say it very well. You have a choice to choose life or you can choose death. Anything you choose, it's your choice. To not choose is also a choice. Do you understand that? To know is a choice. To be ignorant is a choice. You know, to be ignorant is just to choose not to know. So every position in life is what? Is a choice. Glory be to God. So you have a choice. Then you have the third aspect of your soul called your emotions. Everybody say emotions. That's the ability to feel. It's the ability to feel. You can have positive emotion or you can have negative emotion depending on what is generating it. There's that aspect. The ability to feel is a God-given ability. But we need to manage our emotion because Satan is interested in your emotion. And you will notice that all the attack of offense targets your emotion. He wants to fill your mind, your will, your emotion with toxic behaviors that are against the character of Christ that you carry. So what offense does is to present you with the option of not living according to who you are in God, but living according to strife, to offense, and all that the bible lists that's what it does so let, let me read this again i said the goal of offense is to attack our love life in christ by seeking to stir up antichrist reasonings emotions and behaviors that's what it does every offense is a mindset every offense is an emotion and every offense is also a behavior what did i say Offense is a mindset. When I use the word mindset, I'm referring to reasoning. It's a way of thinking. Offense is also a way of feeling, and offense is also a way of acting or behaving. Offense wants to think through you. It wants to feel through you, and it wants to act through you. That's the goal. It wants to to determine. It wants to become what you think. Offense wants to become what you feel. It wants to become how you act. what offense wants to do now when we got born again we received the life of Christ and that life is a love life say I have the love of God Say, I have the God kind of love when you are born again we were upgraded in Christ to function with the God kind of love this love is superior to the to every other kind of love under the human love there are two things you cannot take away from human love selfishness offense then human love can be offended then human love is selfish hello am i lying it is human love is selfish human love can be offended but when you got born again you were upgraded into God's love see I have the spirit of love come on say I have the spirit of love the the God kind of love cannot be offended but the human kind of love can be offended so the enemy seeks to use offense to get us to stop functioning by the god kind of love see the the god kind of love in you is a nature and god wants that nature to become the way you think he wants it to become the way you feel and he wants it to become the way you act god wants you to think by love feel by god's love and act according to the love of god are you listening to what i'm saying That's God's plan. But the devil's plan is no, I want you to be offended. So I'm gonna set you up with offense so that instead of you to allow the nature of God to live through you, offense will want to play through you. And once it plays through you, you will not function according to your element in God and it'll prevent you from experiencing the goodness of God in your life. Am I making any sense? All right, somebody say, Glory be to God. Now, in Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 to verse 4. Paul made a very powerful statement. He said, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is. You know, when he uses the word above, it tells you what above means. He doesn't want you to start using your mind to conjure what you think above is. Where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. I'm reading from New King James Version. Verse 2. Set your mind. ay yeah 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 yeah, Set your mind on things above. Where is above? Everybody say, in Christ. Where is above? Where is above? Where is above? above? In James Version, it says, set your affection. Affection is also your mind. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life? What is, who is our life? Who is our life? Is appears, then you also will appear with him in glory, which means as believers, we now live for Christ. Who do you live for? Because he's your life. You don't have any other life outside of him. Jesus said, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him will not perish, but we have what? Everlasting life. Very good. So as believers, we now live for Christ and not ourselves anymore. Our interest should be Christ-focused. Our interest should be what? Christ. I was telling my wife something. I said, some people have a problem struggling with God. But what they don't understand is that the enemy is trying to fight them to live the natural life. You you don't have the natural life. You have a divine life. But he wants to trick you into an error to living like a natural man. Say, I am not a natural man. I am a spirit man. And I refuse to be carnal. You know, I told you there are three categories. When you're born again, before you got born again, you were a natural man. Every human that has not been born again is natural. And as a natural man, you are under sin. But the day you got born again, you became a spiritual man because Christ makes you spiritual. You became alive spiritually. Before you got born again, you were dead spiritually. You had a presence in the spirit, but you were dead. But the day you got born again, a new you was born. Your presence was located in the spirit. You have a spiritual IP in the spirit in Christ, and you became alive. Now, hear this carefully as a spirit man, you can be natural, but Satan can get you to be carnal. The word carnal means a spirit man thinking like a natural man that's carnality. Do you understand that? When a believer is Kana, it means he's a spirit man, but he's thinking like what? A natural man. So that makes him, what Kana. He starts behaving like a natural man. And so the realities that play out in a natural man's life will begin to play out in his life. Because as a spirit man in Christ, he's redeemed from the curses of the law. Satan has no legal right to inflict him with anything. He's free. He has redemption in Christ. But when he starts thinking like a natural man, he becomes carnal, then he brings himself low and within the reach of Satan. That's why believers are oppressed. You know what the Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 19? He said, the Bible says, we know that the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. He said, but whosoever keepeth himself, the wicked one toucheth him not. The moment you begin to think carnally you know what you're trying to say you are bringing yourself under satan you are above him because you are in christ you are above the devil so what the works of the flesh does is to get you to think carnal so you can come below his level for him to reach you don't give him that opportunity hallelujah am i making any sense all right so um Our interest should be Christ-focused. those things which are above refers to the knowledge of who we are in Christ and what we can do through him. When the Bible says, set your mind on things above, those things he's talking about is the knowledge of your identity, your advantage, all the resources that God has made available to you in Christ. Those are the things. So our primary need is to always seek to know him. To do what? Yeah. That's your primary need. It's not to come to church and get a breakthrough. Breakthrough is secondary. If you get breakthrough and you don't know him, you will eventually break down. I hope you know that, because what keeps you is what you know. They that know him shall be what strong, and they will do exploit. We, we the problem with believers is that they have upgraded their secondary need to replace their primary need. Their secondary need: breakthrough, job rent school fees those are your second and god has made provisions for that Seek ye first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and every other thing shall be what shall be added to you that, that that's they are, at the, they are at the level of addition god didn't tell you to seek the addition to seek him is your primary need and that primary need is to do what is to know him everybody said to know him Amen. our primary need is to always seek to know him and to manifest his greatness you see, the greatness of God in you can only be released by knowledge. If you don't know him, his greatness will be silent in your life. You'll be great by potential, but you will never manifest. Did you hear what I said? There are many believers. Once you're born again, you are great by potential. You're great because the nature of God is on the inside of you. But if that nature will speak, if that nature will manifest, you have to know. Because if you don't know, you know what the Bible said in Isaiah 5.13? Go there, everybody. Go there. Isaiah 5.13. This is the power of knowledge. Isaiah chapter 5 and verse 13. Isaiah chapter 5 and verse 13. Are you there? What did he say? My people have what? My people have gone. They have gone into captivity? who took them to captivity. Eh? Read the next verse. Now read the next statement, rather. My people have gone into captivity. Why? Why? Why did they enter? Captivity means bondage. Is that not true? Why did they go into bondage? Because they have no knowledge of who they are in God. They don't have knowledge of their potential. They don't have knowledge of their greatness in God. So as a result, ignorance took its toll and they went into bondage. That's what I'm simply saying. Our primary need to know, is, our primary need is to seek to know. When you come to church, it's not about you, it's not about how you look, it's not about who is dressing in nicest clothes or the nicest shoe or the whatever. It's irrelevant. All those things are meaningless if you don't know anything. Because without knowledge, you have no place, you have no voice, you have no authority in the spiritual realm and over the affairs of life. Knowledge unleashes your greatness in God with that knowledge, you, you become like a believer who is loaded with amazing possibilities but it's, it's speechless because he doesn't know anything. That's what's wrong with believers today. So when they come to church, they, they focus on irrelevancies, non-essentials. They don't focus on what will unleash what they carry. They are sons of God but they are incapacitated because they don't know who they are. They don't put premium on who they are. So when you come, your primary need, you're born again to realize that your primary need is to seek to know him and to manifest his greatness to us. The more, listen to this, the more we know him, the more we are empowered to walk in love towards God and one another. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The more you know him, the more you can live like him or walk like him. And to walk like him, I told you that the way the God life lives is love. So the more you know him, the more you can love like him. The more you know him, the more you can walk like him. The more you know him, the more you can demonstrate like him. Hallelujah. All right, so please keep that in mind. The more we know him, the more we are empowered to walk in love towards God and man. The scripture reveals that God is love. That is why the more we know him, the more loving we become. Say the minute. He said, The more we know him, the more loving we become. Say that woman. I say, the more I know Him, the more loving I become. Thus, whatever we claim to know in Christ should now be informing the way we reason, the way we feel, and the way we act. Because if you don't, offense will take it. And their Christians church, they are not interested in knowing anything. They have no word note. They don't listen to messages. They only feed on Sunday. The next time they will open their Bibles when they come to church on Sunday. You, you won't go far with that. You, because there's a, there's a wealth inside you. That wealth can only be opened by knowledge. The devil understands that very well. And, and if you do not know, offense will take that place. Because Satan is interested in what you think. Satan is interested in what you feel. And Satan is interested in how you act. faculties of yours offense will take it are you hearing what i'm saying please are you hearing what i'm saying let me say this the love way is the god way what did i say the love way is the love way. now listen to this the only proof that you are growing in your knowing of christ will be confirmed by your love life walking in love now write this down your spiritual relevance as a christian and your spiritual effectiveness as a christian is not measured by your giftedness your spiritual relevance and effectiveness as a christian is measured by how you treat your fellow brother and sisters in christ did you hear what i said did you hear what i said let me i don't think some of you go what i said let me repeat it spiritual maturity according to christ is not measured by giftedness uh-uh spiritual maturity is measured by walking in love and when i talk about walking in love how do you treat your fellow brothers and sisters which is love how do you treat people there are some of us who come in church we have what i call an independent life we're not connected to anybody we're not serving we're not doing anything we're just there it speaks volume about your spiritual maturity the proof of spiritual maturity. It's your being able to love the brethren, and for you to love the brethren, you have to engage, you have to interact, you have to serve. Some people say, "No, you know, I I know me. You know, what do you mean? I know you. Which you? Are you born again?" Say, "No, I know me. You know, I don't don't like to. I don't want to have problems with people, so I just try to keep to myself." Then you need to get born again because what you're telling us that you're not saved. Because once you're born again, who you were died. And a new you is born. Glory be to God. A new you is born. And that new you is the love love way, the love nature of God that is on the inside of you. You don't have to think like a natural man anymore. It is natural to think offensive. It's natural to think vengeful. It's natural to think unforgiving. It's natural to think strife. But it's spiritual to forgive and to love. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah. That's why some people, they can't stay in church because the hypocrisy is too much. I mean, they're in the world. The world is a place where people lie, backbite, stab, cheat, you know, cheat people, disloyal, and all that. And they come into church where we are supposed to show them how God loves and we are doing even, our level is even higher than the world's level. We're judgmental, or full of hypocrisy, or gossiping, or gossiping or backbiting, talking about the pastor, or talking about somebody else behind people's back. Have you heard? Did you hear? You never hear? Make I tell you. Hallelujah. So spiritual relevance and effectiveness are not measured by giftedness, but by the operation of the love of God at work in and through our life. Walking in love is proof of how much of Christ has dominated your character. So when you keep saying you keep endorsing a mindset of selfishness it shows that you are rejecting the dominance of christ's nature in your character you're always endorsing endorsing your selfishness selfish experiences selfish things that keeps you isolated disconnected you keep endorsing that so you have and that's what the system of the world does you have said my truth me time, I want me time, my truth. We don't do that in the kingdom. There's no me. There's no mine. It's only Christ. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes, we don't do that in the kingdom. We don't have that luxury because the day you got born again, you died. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I what? I live." Yet not I, but Christ's word lives in me. And the life that I live in the flesh, I live by what? The faith of the Son of God who loved me and did what? Gave his life for me. So spiritual maturity is based on how you love one and I look at the brother. I say, do you love your brother? Yes. Do you love your sister? Yes. Hallelujah. Now, go, go to first Corinthians. I'm going to stop with this. My time is almost up. We'll continue during the second service. First Corinthians 13, verses 1 to verse 3. Spiritual relevance and effectiveness are not measured by giftedness, but by the operation of the love of God that walk in and through our lives. I don't care how anointed you are. If you don't know how to walk in love, your spiritual giftedness, according to scripture, is useless. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes, sir. It's only the love of God that can complement your giftedness and make it relevant and effective. But if you don't have love, you don't walk in love. To what? When I use the word "have," I'm talking about possess. You possess love, but if you don't walk in love, then your spiritual gift is useless. First Corinthians thirteen, verse one to three. Are we there? What did he say? He said, "Do I speak with tongues of men?" There's another level. Say, "Tongues of what?" Angels. You can speak tongues that angels will understand, but you do not have love. The word "love" means you don't possess charity, which means you're not walking in love. He said, I have become like what? A sounding brass or a clinking or clinging cymbal. In other words, I'm just making noise. There's nothing. There's no content. Look at verse 2. And do I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge? And do I have all faith so I could remove mountain? God have not love. I am not. Nothing. What do I mean? That means you are gifted, but you can't forgive. When somebody does something, you can't forgive. You can't forgive. I say you are spiritually Jim Jim. You cannot forgive. When they do something, it will pain you. You will keep it inside. You are alive for one year, two years, three years. When you see people say, you think I forgot what you did. You did it. In tw- 2017, May. May 13th, 4 a.m. Some just they, just, they come out. You match me. You wear blue shirt, red trouser. I I was wearing the wristwatch. That I had on my phone, that old Sargent phone. I get her that time. You have all those records inside you. That's what's wrong with us. You can't forgive. Your wife did something to you two years ago. You still can put... For- you don't start again. Oh? You don't start. You don't start. Wait till I start. You don't start. You don't, start. You don't say you did this thing to me two years ago. And, and they tried to forget her. They bring her back home again. Ha! Ah. That's what is diluting all the spiritual giftedness. You will pray, pray, pray. But you can't forgive. God says if you don't have love. What does it mean to, to love means to forgive. to be quick to forgive. Is it because they deserve it? No, because Jesus commands you to do that. You don't forgive people because they deserve it. You forgive them because he tells you to do that. Because even you yourself, you also need forgiveness. So when you start acting like you are God, you are a spiritual baby. You can speak in tongues of angels, You can raise the dead, but you cannot forgive. And though I bestowed all my goods, many of you would have thought, because that's what people like the Bill Gates and Warren Buffett are doing. Even though I bestowed all my goods to feed the poor, this is what some of you judge as spirituality: feed the poor. Read your Bible. Is it in your Bible? Look at verse 3, everybody. Do I bestowed all my goods to do what? Well, feed the poor is feeding the poor, not good. Yes, it is good, but is it a measure of spirituality? No. Did you hear what I said? Feeding the poor is what is good, but is it a measure of spiritual maturity? No, because look at what he says. He said. Um, even though I bestowed on my goods to feed the poor, and I even gave my burden to be bought, but I did not walk in love, it profits me nothing. Because to love is to forgive. Do you understand what it means for Jesus to put up with Judas's carrot for three years, knowing he was stealing from the purse, and he never preached a message of stealing once? Not once. Not once. the day Judas came to betray him and kissed him on the jaw, he said friend. He called him a friend. That's how the love of God thinks. If we want to practice Christianity, let us practice it. Not this mixture some of us do. Because the proof of true Christianity is, you know what Jesus said? He said a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another even as I have loved you. That's what Christianity makes us love what natural men cannot love. It makes us put off, put up with what natural men cannot put up with, because you're giving God's love as a gift to your fellow brothers and sisters. That's what you're doing. And and if, no matter how spiritually Jim Jim we are, if we cannot forgive, if we cannot love, if we can't pray, let me there are some people you've seen they have not coming to church, they have not been coming to church for a while. You see them, but you can't go in your private and pray for them. You can't say, Let me go and visit them and find out what's happening to you. You only just do your face anywhere below face. Now you they go. That's all. You come to church, you don't know anybody. You don't see some people in church. No, there's some of you you will I hope you know to squeeze your face is not being spiritual there's some of you you know that don't come near me kind of face you know that type of face don't greet me kind of face don't come near me kind of face just stay away kind of face bony what, what's wrong with you Why are you doing that inside church you're sick and you need to be cured you're sick really sick you can't smile you can't be grateful what kind of Christianity is that one? It's not Jesus, or it's something that is a virus inside you. You can smile. You, you can be thankful and happy that you came to church and you came to fellowship with the brethren. Oh, I'm seeing my brothers and sisters today and cry. Praise God. Hallelujah. You just come like somebody who is a spy. You'll be suspecting everybody. Being... That's what a spy does now. It's not so. You're suspecting everybody. You have enemies and everybody's your enemy. So you're just just looking. Your dysfunction is not the line you see. That's why the spirit is not flowing. Because we're muddled up. Full of bitterness in the heart. Unforgiveness. I'm not saying anything. There are some of you men. The reason you cannot spiritually function. You say your wife, don't vest you, don't vest you, don't vest you, don't vest you. So you know they talk again. My friend, shut up. You're also the verse your wife too. (laughs) Who told you it's only you? That's selfishness. Love does not take account of evil. Yes, That's what Paul now started teaching us what love is in verse 4 to verse 8. Love doesn't boast. You're walking in love, you don't boast. You're looking you're kind. Are you kind? How can you be spiritual and you're not kind? Are you kind? There are some of you, brethren, if anybody give you money, let me not go there. Let's stop. That Rise up your feet. We'll continue second service. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's open our up. My, my time is up. Father, we give you, prayer. we'll continue in the second service. So if you want to hear the continued message, stay around for the second service. Father, we thank you for the word. Pray this word will take root in our hearts and begin to bear fruit in our life in Jesus' name. Please get the thing.
0: Thank you for joining us today. Your generosity helps us to take this message to the ends of the earth. You can give on our website at www.therefugehc.org. So go ahead and click on the link in the description. Remember to subscribe to hear more messages like this.